And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. couple of things here uh, next week, uh, the debate. Will we find out who the Mister who Mister Peters is? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Robert L. Peters, <laughs> which uh, James Comer investigating uh, the uh, Biden Enterprise. Uh-huh. Uh That name came up uh, yesterday as a name that uh, Comer and the House Judiciary Committee believes that Biden used a pseudonym that he used in order to communicate with Hunter Biden and maybe other members of Hunter Biden's business circles. So, and and the reason why, because that would not be tagged as having to be saved for the Freedom of Information Act. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. So we'll see where that comes through. A couple of other uh, uh, stories. Uh, Los Angeles, the, uh, in the wake of multiple flash mob robberies, at high-end stores in the Los Angeles areas in recent weeks, Mayor Karen Bass and local law enforcement yesterday announced a regional task force aimed at stopping and holding the retail thieves accountable. <laughs> wow. No one should feel like it's not safe to go shopping in Los Angeles. No entrepreneur should feel like it's not safe to open up a business in Los Angeles, the mayor said, noting that retail theft is not a victimless crime. <laughs> like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Breaking news here at Red Eye Radio. <laughs> are they trying to say there are real victims in this equation? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I guess I've never considered that. Yeah. You know, by the way, you know who's falling out of favor? What's interesting is 
some of these Democrats in these local areas that are going against the grain and pushing back on some certain things, I've noticed they're getting pushed back from other Democrats. So if you say, well, we've got to stop the violence, then all of a sudden other Democrats are saying, well, they don't know what they're talking about. Or if you're uh, the mayor of New York City and you say, we've got to do something about the 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 border crisis, then the governor goes at you for not handling it properly. <laughs> I mean, and I said this to a friend recently. What do you think is going to happen in New York City? That Someone asked me and I said, I, I don't know. I think Adams, I think his time as a mayor is limited. I don't think the party's going to let him get away with being this vocal. You know, he's going to have to approach it a different way if he wants to get away with that as a Democrat. And the next day, Hochul comes out and criticizes him. But you look at the you look at these local leaders that are now saying that look at their the rise in crime in their areas. D.C. Another example. We've got to do something about this. Well, you created it. So after saying all this stuff, okay, mm-hmm. after saying yeah. all this stuff, as I said, and which we had a laugh, we need to hold people accountable. Yeah. Well, then mm-hmm. you shouldn't have. You, you shouldn't have the thing where if you steal up to a certain amount, we're not going to arrest you. Right. You have to That's change. It yep. to do it. Yeah, legally you have you, to go through and right. change the, the ordinances you, and, and laws. You can't have zero cash bail policy. Right. Right. You can't do things like that. Now, right. regarding, listen to this now. I'm, <laughs> I'm reading it. You need to pay attention to this. All right. Regarding the city's zero cash bail policy, officials said that the, indiv- that the individuals will be held in jail if charged with retail theft, though if they are charged with grand theft, there is a chance they will be released on bail. I'll read it again because I thought the same thing. You're like, Gary, you read that wrong. Regarding the city's zero cash bail policy, officials said the individuals will be held in jail if they are charged with retail theft. But if they are charged with grand theft, which means you've stolen a lot more than just retail theft, there is a chance you could be released on bail. So still in Los Angeles, it seems that if you steal more, you will be released on bail than if you just steal a little. Or you'll be released without bail. Are they? Yeah. Well, then are they secretly promoting... If they need to go out, make sure you steal more. I they're just all over the place well, on this. Because they're, they just there's just if you don't go in and change the fundamentals of the ordinances and the laws, if you don't change those, you have to do that to begin with. We said to Mayor Adams, you want to change sanctuary city policy, you can do that. Republicans don't control the city council. No. You're no. not a Republican. No. Go ahead and do it. You don't have to go to a judge. Help us protect us from ourselves. <laughs> I mean, where do you go with that? Here's my question. Where do you go at election time? Man, I, I really want to see some of the local campaigns uh, for mayor and you know, I mean, we've seen the insane prosecutors. We we kind of know how their mind works. But can they get away with it anymore? I mean, you saw the recall in California of one prosecutor. You you see the backlash and 
it makes you wonder, all right, what are they what are they going to campaign on? Not that I expect that Republicans are going to come in and win in these areas. No, that's not at all what I expect. But I do wonder, how do you campaign if you're going to run for re-election? And you've been, there's been pushback toward you, whether you're a mayor or a prosecutor or whatever. Then what do you campaign on? I know the community. You just do the blah, blah, blah campaign. Yeah, yeah. It's the only thing you can do. And your, and what does your opponent do? I mean, the, the other Democrat. Well, unless they just get blunt, and that's what the Democrats want. We're really, you think your city's screwed up now? You make me mayor, I'm going to screw this city up. You won't wreck it. It'll be, you think it, it looks bad now? This will be the un, most believable dystopian nightmare. Hey, have you ever seen the movie She Lives? It's going to be like L.A. in that movie. Mm-hmm. Everything. I promise you the entire city of Los Angeles will be homeless camps. Nobody will have a job. You'll all be unemployed. We can't help you at all. That Democratic candidate just took 98% of the vote in the last election. Yes. We're also going to outlaw droughts. <laughs> you know, okay. no, no, you're right. Just make, <laughs> yeah. go the opposite yeah. way. Yeah. Make make promises. You just that, bizarre that, they're, they're promises. Just insane. Right. right. Just, just go full on insane. insane. We're we're gonna we're gonna provide every family with a million dollars a year. Yeah. Uh reparation should be ten million dollars, not five million. We'll stop droughts, locusts. All crime will end. We're, we're, we will get rid of police because there will be no crime. There will only be one restaurant, Taco Bell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you're in an Any- accident, your car will instantly <laughs> fill with foam. <laughs> Any- anybody get the reference here to Demolition Man, the movie? Uh, <laughs> he finally matched his meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's really where her comedy career began, I think. Oh, she was great in that. Oh movie. my gosh, she and was I, great. I didn't know didn't know she had it. She was and she was yeah. uh, great, but I I liked it when she was talking to Stallone about yeah. the the fact that Schwarzenegger was president. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen to me there. Why is why's he not in the movie there? Uh the uh, uh Sandra Bullock who we're referring to in yeah. in uh And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. And a great movie. But but it's if you're going to promise something, you, you might as well just promise the insane. Because otherwise, really, the campaigns have to go back to the blah, blah, blah. And that is, listen, I've lived in this community. My family and I have lived here for a long, long time. We know this community. We love this community. We're going to do what's best for this community. We like, well, you know what? You do the... You do. <laughs> You do what the no labels and the forward party are doing. No, seriously, though. <laughs> next year, let's just, because we cover, you know, we cover, cover politics on a national level. Mm-hmm. Let's just, we'll talk about it. You know, we'll we'll just pay attention to some yeah, no, local, I'm gonna have to. local yeah, yeah. primary, yeah. like in California. Yeah. See if there's, you know, two Democrats running against each other and find out in the debates or find out what their positions are or how they're attacking the other candidate yep. in order to get that win. That, to me, would be the most fascinating thing. Sure. Either you promise what you can't keep, you tell them you're just going to take the city to complete hell, mm-hmm. or you just promote pure communism and see if they buy it. Right. Because that's where the Democratic Party is. I'm not, I don't think this is over the top no, hyperbole no, no, at no, all. No, no. I, no, I think it, because, it, because they're so incredibly, when you, when you look at everything from the, the, you know, saying the border is secure and you see the sanctuary cities and and and, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, he, Adams this week was going crazy about it. Mm-hmm. And he's being attacked by conservatives saying you need to shut up. You wanted this. Mm-hmm. You begged for this. Right. You created legislation. You promoted that you're a sanctuary city. And hope comes after him. Right. You've mishandled the whole thing. Right. He can't win. And and I knew it. I felt it in my bones. I, I thought, you know, he's. He's really not building any hopes of, of a re-election no. down the road if he wants to run again you, for mayor. You know what I would do if, if I'm a Democrat and truly against it and I'm, and I'm the mayor of New York City? I'd say, I'm against this. I want to change it. I don't believe we should be a sanctuary city. But it's what the people, because all the, you're protesting me. This is what you voted for. Mm-hmm. You voted city councils that made this a sanctuary city and invited everybody in. Yep, And now you're crying because you've got to pay for it. Right. Well, if you're going to live in a delusional world, I mean, if you're going to be a Democrat and take a stand right now to moderate more, isn't that that kind of thing you should be doing oh, yeah. right now? Yeah. If you don't do it, you actually don't want to moderate. You, you don't want to be a moderate as Adams ran as. Yeah, right. Well, because that's it. I mean, look. He did it. He did some things not in campaign mode, but he did some things to kind of signal it, like what we were talking about or referencing earlier. And that's going to a judge saying, you need to help us out on the sanctuary city policy because we can't we can't live by it anymore. Let's go to Sean in College Station about the debate next week, the Republican debate. Sean, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hi. Good morning. Thanks Good for morning. taking my call. You bet. You're welcome. Uh, no, uh, I was calling to – you was talking earlier about a little bit of fight in the Republican uh, field. Yes. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't see why they don't hang hang a lot of stuff around Trump's neck and go after him. They'll go all in. Don't just let him win the nomination without a fight. Because, I mean, I think you could 
you can hang on him that, uh, you know, he's the reason we got Joe Biden right now. And, you know, uh, you can hang on him uh, how, how he handled COVID, you know, how we shut down everything and, you know, really, really go after him and attack him. I mean, I, I feel like he's a, the Republican Party's Hillary Clinton, really popular on the Republican side, but not electable. I mean, my opinion is he's the only one Joe Biden could beat. Well, you know something when you when you bring up COVID, it was interesting because when he and thanks so much for your call when he had, thanks, Sean. when he went after DeSantis and said, you know, for example, that New York handled it better. That was such you know New York handled COVID better than Florida. <laughs> yeah. Trump said that was such a bizarre statement. You didn't see any of the people that support him get angry at that at all and say no, no. and sit there and go, come on, no, that's you know that's ridiculous. Right. Now DeSantis hit back at him, and we'd said at the time. He's got to be careful because DeSantis got a ton of ammunition. What are you talking about? He, you're the one that led, fair or not, as we've said, doesn't matter whether it's fair because you can make the argument that early on nobody knew where it was going to go. Nobody knew. But if you're going to use and attack DeSantis, where majority of Republicans think DeSantis did a great job, DeSantis is going to come back and hit you. And when he hit him back, it didn't eat into his numbers at all no no look and i don't think there's any republican out there that would sit there and say even a trump supporter that would say well you know trump did a great job on on covid because the one thing that trump promoted that he did great was the vaccine and now nobody wants to hear a word about the vaccines right. And so Trump is known for getting the vaccine to market as soon as possible, which is now a criticism. Yeah, they rushed it. And he is the one that let Fauci go mm-hmm. and let Fauci do whatever. It's just, right. It didn't affect his numbers at all. His right. supporters, right. they may know that that's not going to change their vote towards him. Yeah, there's going to be attacks. The question is how much of it is going to be effective. effective yeah, the attacks are going to come. Mm-hmm. The effectiveness, as you just said, is yeah. key. Right. 86690 red eye. Slight changes down are reported for most milk production categories in both forecast years. According to USDA's latest outlook and World Agricultural Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekodowski. We lowered our milk production forecast this month by 400 million pounds for 2023. That reflects lower cow numbers and lower milk per cow, in part due to heat stress reducing productivity. And then into 2024, we also reduced our milk production forecast there by 100 million pounds, reflecting lower cow numbers. Meanwhile, prices are up at all categories of milk product and class, except for dry whey, which is down both years. The all milk price for 2023 currently have it at $19.95 per hundredweight. That's up 40 cents per hundredweight this month from where we were in July. And for 2024, we're forecasting $19.35 per hundredweight. That's down 60 cents year over year. I'm Rod Bade reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Look, I think most Republicans understand that Trump is extremely vulnerable in this election. 
they know, even the most loyal Trump supporters that I've met, I told, in fact, I told the story in the air a couple of weeks ago. This is when I was back in New York. It was end of July and met a guy who had a Trump shirt on. Mm-hmm. We got into discussion, most loyal. I, you know, you could tell. I mean, he had a Trump shirt on, was talking Trump this, Trump that. And I said, he's got his weaknesses. He's got his bad vulnerabilities. I went through point by point by point by point at the end. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know. You're, you're not wrong on that. I, you're, you're right on that. But, uh, right. But he can, he's still the guy to beat Biden. Well, I pointed out his vulnerabilities. You didn't disagree with any of them. Right. And, and then went into he can't get independence. Well, that's, that's the it. point. You're how does he need independence? How, how does he get independent? How does he convince independence? Because he's not yeah. trying to get independence. He's not even attempting to do so. Well, and that's it. Is that you know, it's it's one thing to come in. He's not the incumbent, but he's been there before. So it creates this very unique situation, in that you have to kind of come in as. A, a new candidate altogether. You have to resell yourself. You can do that. You have the advantage, some advantages that are equal to an incumbent with a track record on the economy and things we've talked about. But the problem is you're going to have to reintroduce yourself. There's going to have to be the handshake all over again with people in the middle. And on the issues, this is where, you know, the primary season's always been look. You want to get to your core during the primary season, and then you broaden out after the primary season. But that's on the issues. The approach has to be right now that you're trying to appeal to everyone because you want them motivated all along. I don't know that you can apply the historic approaches of the past. Well, you're going to have to, I mean, you're going to have to pound on Trump. Because the only hump, it, yeah, if you're not the, the, yet, the yeah. only hump, the only hope, <laughs> well, the only hump in the road, <laughs> the, 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 the only hope is that you keep whittling away and, and, and pounding on what you believe his vulnerabilities are. Yeah. And right. hope yeah. that his core starts going, well, maybe you're right. Yeah. And still, that probably won't be enough. The Bonus Show. Toronto Radio, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, as, as you know, when we talk about uh, the uh, uh, primary debate next week, uh, a lot of what we've been talking about, in case you just tuned in, I just realized we might not have said last hour, we were talking about what the candidates should do if Trump isn't there. Right, right. If Trump, you know, isn't there. And we also earlier said if Trump decided to pull out uh, of it. Now, one interesting note that I just saw. When did this story come across from the New York Post here? Okay. I don't know how I missed it. Uh, Former President Donald Trump has canceled a press conference scheduled for next week where he would have, uh, where he had previously claimed he would finally unveil evidence of fraud in Georgia during the 2020 presidential election. He called it off on advice of his legal team. Did, was I? Did you and I talk about this? Was it off off the air? Mm, no. I okay. I, no. I was talking to somebody about it, and I just went. 
I think that if I'm his lawyer, I'm telling him, no way. Do not do that. Number one, if you have it, if you actually have it, and I think if he had the irrefutable proof, it would have he would have put it out already. But if he had it, uh, and I'm the lawyer and I know what it is, I would tell him, no, we're saving that for the trial. Yeah, I, I'm not giving. Yeah. I I would not give the prosecution any uh, thing at that point. So if he's going to not do that, then that means whatever he thinks he has, if he's in a debate or at a rally, he's not going to promote that. Because mm-hmm. is he going to go out to his rallies now and say, I have the irrefutable proof, but I'm not going to tell anybody what it is because of my legal situation? Yeah, well. Why would the legal team, if the legal team trusted what he was going to say as accurate, why would they tell him not to do it? I'm, I'm, I don't. By the way, those questions yeah. are not loaded questions to lead you in any direction. They're just questions. Yeah. The because the only tactic would be if you, as his attorney, believed that what he had was good information, is that you save it for the courtroom. In your defense, you don't put it out. You don't put your. You don't expose what your defense is going to be. Except if the fact that. You believe it's so slam dunk that it helps you with the jury pool. And that's why Trump would want to put it out beforehand. Beforehand. You mm-hmm. want it, you would want to smother it all over the place and never stop talking about how you have it. Well, I mean, and then, when and, we say proof, it has to be irrefutable proof. It has to be solid evidence. Right. You can't just say this in my opinion, proves it, it has to be rock-solid airtight. Because if it's not, then you've just given the prosecution more ammunition Mm -hmm. to show what your intent has been all along. Yeah. To promote something that you can't prove. Yeah. Because when I saw this a couple days ago, I went, this is a bad move. I don't see this as being a good move. At all. And so that would have been the advice I would have given him. But I don't know what he was going. I don't know what he's going to present. And still, and maybe I'm saying this based on his track record or his previous lawyer's track records and and what is happening to them right now with lawsuits, I probably would have told him no. Well, I know I would have told him no. Mm-hmm. And then he would open himself to vulnerability uh, if it was weak, if it wasn't slam dunk for the debate, for Christie to say, see, here he goes again. Well, and there's the thing. I don't think that his lawyers care much about how it affects him politically as much as they do. I could be wrong. No, no, you're right. No, no, they don't. As much as they do about the legal cases against him. Right. So it has to be either... Because you're right, if it's so slam dunk, then it helps you in the court of public opinion and you build that support and all of a sudden, how does it not crumble, right? If it were slam dunk evidence, 
you'd want to put it out there and the lawyers would have no problem with it. Because we've talked about the uh, uh, January 6th mm-hmm. and, you know, the the fact that the, you know, the prosecution is still trying to you know make the case that it's an insurrection, which they can't make. Right. The 9-11, the, the, the January 6th commission couldn't make that stick. They they had such a weak case. They didn't want any of their evidence cross-examined. Mm. All the evidence will be cross-examined. There's a ton of things that you can bring up about January 6th. And if the judge doesn't allow you to do so, you know, there that's the chance for a huge retrial. But again, their goal is to just get a conviction, whether it's legit or not, mm-hmm. whether it can be overturned or not, easily overturned or not. They just want the conviction going in because they believe he will lose independence if the Democrats can run ad after ad after ad that says, the Republicans have nominated a convicted felon to be president of the United States the first time in history. And they don't believe, and many Republicans don't believe, that even if it's a setup, and what the charges we see, it is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that he will not be able to get independents to vote for him. Yeah. And now, is that the message that's going to be sent out? By all the candidates. Christie will attack him. Well, if but, if. but can the other candidates say this is the problem? He can't wish independence. He's been great for this party. He moved it in the right direction. Our fear is he can't. And you repeat that over and over and over and over again. Because remember, it's not until January 15th. I believe is the Iowa caucuses. Mm-hmm. And so you say we've got four months to repeat it over and over again that you don't insult. This is fascinating, really, when you think about it in political history, because that's how we're viewing. We're, we're looking at this as political consultants saying, well, how would how would we be advising each and every one of our candidates? Well, it's like walking in, you know, to a football camp in the NFL, you know, and they just changed all the rules. <laughs> There's a whole new rule book. The size of the field is different. I mean, it, it no, just, it is. It you is, know, yeah. and so you you look at it with different eyes. And look, every election season is going to be different in its own way. But it seems like we have, in the last couple of or few cycles, we have scorched earth the playbook every time. So there is nothing left behind. So you can't point. Well, either, I mean, historically, there are things you could apply, but do they really apply? What well, really applies here he, in, in 24? You know, it's made me think, because we had talked about Tim Scott earlier and went, okay, I know where he stands. And, and I'd have no problem if he was the nominee voting for him against any Democrat. Oh, yeah, he, sure. Tim, right. Tim Scott's fine. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I, I think he's very strong on some issues, but he's not a he's not a speaker that... Uh, projects power and authority, if that makes sense. I yeah, I understand. would say, am yeah, I, I, I would say the right that words? there is yeah, there is an exceptional trait of the people who can lead a conversation, and that's why that on the one response that Ramaswamy gave on uh, the liberal transgender movement the other day was so key because 
it's as if he were spent a full year writing it and then read it verbatim as it was written. And it came from, and you could hear it, it was passionate, but it wasn't loud. The message itself carried enough volume mm-hmm. and weight and and reason for it to be a very good, in fact, excellent response or or statement. With with Senator Scott, it's you know, I, he is an exceptional in many ways. No, he's. And, I'm talking style, but, but not... you have to stand out. Yes, the the behavior or 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 what you're saying has to stand out. There there could be some things that, as the campaign season goes along, um, that that help to elevate him in that way. But I haven't seen that yet. There are two aside from Trump that stand out right now to me, and they're DeSantis and they're Ramaswamy. And both and, of them still have a lot of work to do. And they do, but there needs there needs to be, and, and again, it may not be the Trump intensity, and, and when Ramaswamy talks a lot of times, it's not what you would view as Trump intensity or even DeSantis intensity, but it is such a, you know, bam, 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 The content has the intensity itself. The content has the intensity. Yes. And Tim Scott has basically run, and I'm not saying he hasn't had intensity in, in, in other uh, you know, in his Senate in Senate races, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he started out and it was America's great. America's great. America. It was great when you heard his speech, mm-hmm. but it was more of a rally speech and not a down. OK, I need to get elected speech. Right. And and so it will be interesting to see if he says, OK, here's why you need to vote for me because of this, 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 this and this. And you've got to go in. If what's what's tough for, I think, right now for Republicans is everybody sort of believes the same thing. Mm -hmm. There isn't a big difference in the political beliefs of most Republicans. I know that, you know, early on you saw some of the Trump supporters, you know, just bashing DeSantis. Is this kind of rhino? And that's hogwash. DeSantis and Trump on the issues are really pretty close. Right. And and I think most Republicans know that. So is the now now I will say this. All the Republican candidates are really close. The difference is which one will really pound what they believe when they become president. Yeah, That's re- right. Who will really focus in and have the passion to really what they say they're going to do actually do it, which is why DeSantis, you know, for example, and it's look, it wasn't Trump's fault, you know, the the wall. Trump said he'd build the wall and he didn't build the wall, you know, but if you say you're gonna build it. Yeah. You know, if you say I'm going to build the wall, mm-hmm. you better build the wall. Otherwise, right. there's going to be somebody. Now, again, he didn't have Congress behind him to do it. He didn't have Republicans behind him to do that. Right. He can't do it himself. You need to explain that when you become president. You need to explain that in the campaign. Here's As what we I'll... said all along the way. Yeah. You need to be saying, listen, folks, I've been wanting to build the law, build a wall. But lawmakers in my own party are not helping me get it done. We said that back then. If you want to do that, you have to build. You have to build consensus, and that's what I think even the independents want you to do. You want to build consensus because what does that mean? It's not just the people on Capitol Hill. It's who they represent. Mm. Do, do they? Is that what DeSantis would say? 
I have the ability, as I did in the state of Texas, to build consensus. Or it's not, yeah. Uh, what I say? Texas. They <laughs> built some consensus here, but not Sorry. officially. Sorry, Governor Abbott. <laughs> no, but I have the ability, as I did in Florida, to build consensus mm-hmm. to get these bills through. Right. I agree with the ton of what Donald Trump does. Trump believed it, but he couldn't get it through. I'll get it through. I will build that, consensus that through would the separate. people. And right. that, I really think, is going to be, a, if you use it, you can use it effectively because what it tells people, quit saying the thing, I'm going to bring people together. No, 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 no. What you want to do is build consensus. But That's you build, what people no, want. No, but you build consensus in Congress. Yes. You know, you, you vote for me, you vote for the people that agree with me that really want to get these things done, and together we can do it. I can't do it alone, and, but and you the, know I want to do it because I did it in Florida. And the reason you can do that with the people in con- Congress is because they're backed by the people and that's consensus building, too. Mm-hmm. So you want that you want to build that kind of thought all along the way and convey it effectively. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. Well, I got through the show. <laughs> and I'm saying that because I bit my tongue yesterday very bad. And when I got up <laughs> a couple of hours before I came or before I got here, it's like, I don't know if I can do the show. And it's been fine. Actually, what you said was, I don't know if no. Actually, uh, where did I see that or read that? Not too long ago. That the tongue, the tissue on the tongue heals very quickly. Yeah, I put my... And it's not a good yeah. environment for healing. No, and I did... I did uh... Especially the stuff you spew out of your mouth. I did a few hits of uh, mouthwash. I didn't swallow it, though. Yeah, yeah. I did a... But I'm going to be able to survive the weekend. I was like, oh man, yeah, it's you know back boy, in the that hurt. <laughs> yeah, back in the olden days, you would just take a swig of, you know, whiskey. Doesn't help the tongue, but makes you forget about it. Well, I'm gonna have a good weekend. I think I'll go home and make, uh, I don't know, maybe a Janet Yellen mushroom dish. There you go. You know, enjoy it because it'll be a lot pasta and mushrooms. <laughs> a lot of pasta and mushrooms and a know. sunset. A nice what sunset. are you doing, Mister <laughs> Mister McNamara? What are you doing out here? I'm looking at the sunset. <laughs> wow, dude! It's twelve noon. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market. Rookie Real Estate or Money Podcast. 
The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets Podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.